Well, happy Friday to you, if it is your Friday. I remember working that shift and working weekends <laughs> in sports, and I hate it when somebody said happy Friday, because yeah. but be respectful yeah. to those who have to work weekends. <laughs> if it's your Friday, celebrate it, and happy Friday. Hope you have a good weekend coming up here on NSN Dilly. Chris Murray, Brian Smudio with you. Uh, preview of San Jose State and Nevada. This is kind of a payback game. Not kind of. It is a payback game, if you ask me. Um, athlete of the Week, an entire team this time will be our Athlete of the Week. We'll have our Dolan Top 5 Plays of the Week for you as well in the preview of Hometown Hoops. Also uh, going to have some guys come on from the Nevada Military Support Alliance. They've got an event this weekend up at Northwest Reno, up at Rayleigh's on Rob Drive. If you want to check that out, it's 20 bucks, live music, some good food, some beverages, and it supports our veterans. But cool. uh, let's start off with uh, San Jose State, Chris, and uh, what we see. What we see. I mean, if you look at what ESPN says, you know, they always yeah. have their yeah. Right, that little that little pie chart that says okay, I think it's like ninety six percent chance or ninety seven percent chance. <laughs> right where it should be actually, but uh, Jalen Harris will be a major role player in this one. Yeah, I mean he's really taken his game to the next level, and you go back and you look at the beginning of the season, and you know he had the injury, and then he misses a game, and he comes back, and his first three or four games after that were pretty rough. I mean he goes three of nineteen against USC, held the single digits, he has a seven turnover game in the lopsided loss at Davidson, and I think there were some questions about, okay, how good is this guy? Can he really be a star player on a good team? And after that slow start, which was caused somewhat by the, the foot injury, uh, he's just been fabulous. I mean, it's hard to have enough superlatives for how well he's played. Uh, and it's just the fact for me that he is so versatile and that he can do so many things um, that is really, really special. He's mm -hmm. kind of like a, an alpha version of Lindsey Drew. Now, Lindsey's a very good player who can do a lot of things, uh, but he's not quite as aggressive as Jalen Harris. And just learning a little bit more about him as I have this week is writing a a big story on him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, his parents even said that the, the area where they feel like he's grown the most uh, is that when he has a bad half, he doesn't just kind of shrink away and defer because that used to be what he would do in high school. That's what he would do in the early portion of his uh, career at Louisiana Tech before the transfer to Nevada. They really pointed out that Boise State game where he, you know, didn't play well in the first half. He had only five points, but he was able to come back and score 31 points. So uh, that's where they saw a lot of growth with, growth with him. And, uh, you know, I think this is the first time they, there's really been a coach that's believed in him mm -hmm. and let him just be a point guard which is what he wants to be uh, and just give him the ball and say I trust you so I think the bond between him and coach Alford has been really really strong it's one of the reasons Jalen's playing so well is because he finally has a coach who he believes believes in him uh, and you never know what you're going to get when you come to a school and you want to play for the coach uh, you know coach Musselman at the time and then there is that change you put his name in the portal uh, and then you know it, it didn't really uh, you know it was it was a good thing that, that Steve Alford was hired for him because that relationship has been very strong and coach Alford really has raved about Jalen not only on the court, but off the court. Uh, Nisrae Suza said he's an exceptional teammate. Seems like everybody really likes him. He obviously puts in the hard work. So uh, he's earning all of the accolades that he's getting. And, and maybe Wolfpack fans hope he doesn't play too well to where he's going to mm -hmm. go to the NBA after this season. He comes from such great bloodlines when it comes to basketball. I mean, his mom's and mom was just an absolute superstar at SMU. She's in their Hall of Fame. Um, she was pregnant with him while she was playing mm -hmm. and then has the baby and then, you know, uh, you know, 23 years later, Nevada's taking the <laughs> benefits of it, but um, high IQ, very high basketball IQ. One of the questions we've been getting all week on our Facebook page and our social media, um, and you know who you are because you've been sending this question multiple times, where's Jalen Harris going to end up next year? Like they're already saying and thinking, okay, he's going to transfer. But in your article, this is such a great fit for him. Mm -hmm. um, you think the NBA might be the option rather than a transfer. Yeah, I mean, speaking with his parents, I mean, both of his parents said that he loves it at Nevada and he loves the relationship with Coach Alford. And yeah, he might be on track to graduate in May, which would open up a graduate transfer, but that's not been any dialogue between Jalen and his parents. So I think he's fully bought in on Nevada. In terms of the NBA, his dad told me that 
you know, you only make that decision if it's a sure thing. Yes. And I don't think it's going to be a sure thing after this year, no matter how well Jalen plays, because he's kind of, you know, coming from behind in terms of, you know, NBA scouts and pro teams uh, knowing who he is. I mean, we get a list of scouts who are in attendance at Wolfpack games. The previous couple of years, there was always a ton of people there. Yeah. This year, not so much. So, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to put himself in a position necessarily to where he can make that jump and stick in the NBA. Now, can he test the waters and maybe try and get a couple of workouts, a couple of feedbacks? That could make some sense. I mean, I clearly think that he's a potential NBA player. He has the athleticism, the versatility, the size uh, as a six foot five guard to do all of those things. But I think, you know, he should be back next year. Mm -hmm. Until you know 100%, you're probably always a little bit leery because there are, you know, power five schools who are probably going to try and get a hold of him and try and get him to put his name in the portal that stuff happens these days um, but it is like you said a perfect fit I mean mm -hmm. the, the relationship with the coach is very strong I think you'll have some uh, you know better pieces around him next year with Warren Washington Desmond Cambridge a little bit more experienced front court so maybe they can make a little bit more of a run if he decides to come back so uh, yeah that, that's going to be a worry whenever you have a guy playing really really well and he has that kind of potential and maybe some options after this year um, but you know I, I think I said in a Monday mailbag question a couple of weeks ago probably an 80 percent chance he's in silver and blue next year so I wouldn't completely rule anything mm -hmm. out um, but it, all of the tea leaves say that he really enjoys himself and he does want to come back for he the senior season. seems to have the right support group, too. I mean, you run into players across the country that sometimes they're being nudged by family members or people that are in their inner circle going, hey, and talking them up and they're whispering in their ear. I, I don't feel that that's what's going on here with Jalen. I mean, mm -hmm. he's got parents who understand it has to be a slam dunk, no, no pun intended, but it has to be, okay, a team goes, well, if we don't take you at this spot, we're going to take you at this spot. Because you never, you never want to get to the end of the second round and the only two rounds of the NBA draft mm -hmm. and not have your name called. I mean, it, we, we saw it happen with Cameron Oliver. So, and Cam Oliver is an NBA caliber player. He yeah. should be playing in the NBA. And he's, he's down, in, uh, down in Australia right now. If you want to check out Chris's article, very well done once again, um, NevadaSportsNet.com. Let's get back to San Jose State. I, we got off talk, topic a little bit there, but that's a, that's a great topic mm -hmm. to talk about. Um, San Jose State beat Nevada. First week of January, yeah. and it's still weird to even <laughs> say that. Yeah. Uh, Coach Alford, I learned a lot about Coach Alford after that game because you were expecting this big blow-up, maybe from the previous regime and mm -hmm. what we were used with, with Coach, Coach Moss, but he was, he was calm, he was collected, he was like, you know, we didn't come in here, we didn't have our energy, it's a place where there's 100 people in the stands, and, and San Jose State beat him 70 to 68. Yeah. He's been even keel all season, and mm -hmm. that has been a little bit surprising, because you are used to coaches, like even David Carter, I mean, Eric Musman was a different story in terms of when Nevada would lose, yeah. uh, you know, he would get very emotional about things, and it would be kind of like the end of the world, but when you had, you know, even David Carter, Mark Fox, I haven't really seen Coach Alford raise his voice or express like this deep pain of disappointment with his guys. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's because, you know, as he like, likes to say, it's a pretty inexperienced group in terms of roles and positions and like, you know, he doesn't want to bust their confidence, yeah. uh, but he has really kind of just stayed at that level, no matter whether it's a win or a loss, um, that he doesn't freak out, that he doesn't jump on his players and, uh, you know, that he doesn't really scream down their throat. Uh, you know, sometimes that is needed and I'm sure he has that in the arsenal, uh, you know, and probably use it down the road. Uh, behind closed doors. Uh, yeah, for too, sure. You know? But I mean, that was a bad game for Nevada. It's yeah. by far the worst game they've played all season. That's a game that, uh, you know, came down to the wire, but they deserve to lose just because they didn't 
attack it with the correct mentality you need to attack a game. And that's a big concern entering this game. I mean, Nevada's played two of the lesser teams in the Mountain West, Wyoming and San Jose State, the two worst teams. Uh, they lost the one, and they needed a buzzer beater, to, more or less, to beat the other one. So will Nevada come into this game with appreciation for, you know, they have scholarships too. These are guys who are talented players. We have to come out here uh, and actually play well and be focused entering the game if we're going to win. I think they will do that because of the loss. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about a team that they had beaten 27 of the previous 28 times. So I think it was a shock to everybody that they lost that game. And San Jose State, while they're better this year, seven wins, it's still a you know, it's a bad program. It's yeah. not a program that should be beating a team like Nevada, certainly at Lawler Event Center. So, uh, you know, I think they will take care of business, but that'll be interesting to track just to see whether they do have that emotional letdown that they had in the first game against San Jose State and they had against Wyoming at home. ESPN's matchup predictor, 97.5% <laughs> chance of Nevada beating San Jose State. But you got to go out and play the ball game. you got to play for 40 minutes. Saturday, it's going to be Nevada hosting San Jose State. Tip-off at 4 o'clock at Lawler Event Center. If you want to get tickets, you can go to NevadaWolfPack.com or 348-PACK if you want to be joining the guys at Lawler Event Center on Saturday. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, we'll introduce you to our Athletes of the Week. That's coming up after the break. You know, Chris, it's a sport that uh, does not get the spotlight that I believe it deserves, especially in northern Nevada where you have so many tough, hard-nosed wrestling teams. You don't hear the athletes, you don't hear the coaches talk about it, but you hear parents. Mm -hmm. Because wrestling parents are passionate, and they, they deserve to be passionate because it's a, it's a tough sport. In Spanish Springs, nobody has touched them, and uh, it's been a great program run by Joe Emil. Yeah, pretty crazy, actually. I mean, 13 straight league titles. I didn't even know Spanish Springs was open for 13 years. <laughs> right. I mean, that's how, how great they've been. I mean, back-to-back -back, uh, state championships are going for their seventh straight regional championship uh, coming up starting today with the regional meet. So it's just been, uh, you know, really the marquee program. If you look of all sports in Northern Nevada, I always kind of point out Reno High Baseball because they always seem to win at mm -hmm. such a high level for such a long time under Coach Savage. Uh, but it's hard to match 13 straight league titles and seven straight regional titles potentially. So uh, kudos to the Spanish Springs wrestling team. They're more than deserving of this honor. All right, here's Julian Delgadio introducing us to the Spanish Springs Cougar wrestling team. Happy February as our Dolan Auto Group Athlete of the Week takes us up Pyramid Highway with one of the most impressive programs here in northern Nevada. Welcome to the mat. I'm Julian Delgadio. When it comes to wrestling in northern Nevada, there is no program quite like the Spanish Springs Cougars who get this just wrapped up their 13th straight league title. It's been a growing season, to be honest with you. We, um, we always talk about being ready at the end of the year, and, and they have come a long, long ways uh, from you know, the end of November into you know, the beginning of February when we say to go. So we've made a huge, huge stride towards the places we want to go, and uh, those kids have done a great job. So just talking about your resume here at Spanish Springs, you've never lost the high desert. You've never lost the league. Back-to-back -back state champs. I mean, what does it mean to be a part of a program that's had so much success? It means a ridiculous amount. Just, it, it's so cool to be part of something so incredible. And no one can do it alone. Like, everyone out here has worked so hard to get to where we're at. Everyone in the past years has worked so hard. And just to have the chance to be a part of that is awesome. All right, Coach Amelli, what's he, what's he kind of like? He's amazing. He is definitely, I'd say, the father figure of Spanish Springs Wrestling. You know, if we come in here, he gets together, we laugh, we play games. and. He teaches us how to be better wrestlers and how to bring in 13 years up on the scoreboard. All right, so big tournament at Bishop Winogue this weekend. How do you kind of prepare? I know you guys are the favorite, the one seed going into this one. How do you stay atop the mountain? Uh, we just go in there. We don't expect that we're going to win. 
we go in there and we do work. We go to war with all these other teams because they're coming for us and we're coming for them. The Cougars continue their push for a third straight state title, but that all starts this weekend at Bishop Minogue High School with the regional tournament. Spanish Springs enters as the one seed out of the high desert. For the latest on wrestling in the north, check us out online at nevadasportsnet.com. At Spanish Springs High School, I'm Julian Delgadio. Yeah, it's certainly a great tradition that's been uh, installed there at Spanish Springs High School. Julian, going with the pop collar. I like it. Wow, wow. It's looking good. I don't know. I don't know how you wear a jacket in a wrestling room. <laughs> I remember our wrestling room back in high school was always really, really hot and humid. I don't know. But uh, he is the minister of, of uh, fashion and culture is what he calls himself. Uh, yeah, it's going to be today and tomorrow, today and tomorrow Bishop Minogue High School, so uh, the 7th and the 8th. If you want to check it out, we'll see if Spanish Springs can continue their dominance and uh, roll toward another Northern Championship and then Nevada State title. Uh, it's been a great week when it comes to high school basketball in our area and Shannon Kelly has our Dolan Top 5 Plays of the Week. Check it out. Coming in at number 5 this week, heading down to the capital city. Carson hosting Galena, Isaiah Dubay. Check out the footwork on the junior, helping the Grizzlies come back to defeat the Senators. Duvet finished out the game with eight points and four rebounds. At number four, Sparks hosting Elko. Peyton Jackaway connects with Izzy Eklund from deep as the Indians defeat the Railroaders at the Brick House. Halfway through at number three, Damani Ranch's Kalila Corley with the steal, finds Josie Clark for the corner three ball, but the Miners hang on to defeat the Mustangs 68 to 48. At number two, heading back down to Carson, and it would be the sophomore, Parsa Hajigasemi. Coast to coast, that play started on Mount Rose Highway and ended up in the capital. Coming in at number one this week, McQueen hosting Reed. Final seconds left in the first half. Trey Stevens with the half-court buzzer beater as the Raiders go on to defeat the Lancers. Those are your top five plays of the week, sponsored by the Dolan Auto Group. Yeah, Trey Stevens averaging about 17 and a half points per game for the Raiders, and uh, that's going to be our hometown hoops, well, Friday Night Rivals. Game of the week is going to be Reed and Reno. See if uh, see if the uh, if the Raiders, I think they're going for the season sweep. Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, season sweep of uh, trying to finish them off. No, let me check, double check that. That is Reed, uh, Reno, going for the season sweep with Matt Oaks. And uh, I'll get my thoughts. We'll get it all together. We're going to have that for you coming up next here on NSN Daily. Welcome back into NSN Daily. Uh, we've got our, a great matchup for you tonight on Friday Night Rivals. Dan Gustin will be on the call with Ethan O'Brien at Reed High School, where Reed's going to be hosting uh, Reno. Reno uh, beat Reed earlier uh, this season on January 21st, 64-60 at Reno. So uh, the Reno boys looking for the season sweep, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I think if you were to tear out the boys basketball scene here, I think uh, Bishop Minogue and Spanish Springs clearly on the first tier. Uh, you probably have Galena on the second tier, and then you have teams like Reno and Reed here on the third tier. And I think this is a big game for Reed. I mean, Reno already beat them once. Uh, Reed really has a, a difficult close to the season. They get Spanish Springs to end the regular season, and they get Reno here. So, uh, you know, they probably got to win one of those two games to be able to get the second seed uh, in their division. And if they're able to do that, put themselves in a little bit of a better position heading into the postseason. Uh, ironically, Matt Oaks, who is Reno's head coach, played not only at the University of Nevada, but played his high school ball over at Reed High School. So playing his alma mater, they're 15 and seven overall. And uh, they're led by Skylar Hayes, 12 points per game. Trey Wilmot right behind him at 10 points per game. Uh, they've won three of their last four, five of their last seven. And they finish up at home with a pair of games against Spanish Springs 
and McQueen. Over on the other side, um, Reed, it's an interesting situation because Keegan Bozier, you see there on the right, very young coach when he was hired for a prized job at Reed. Yeah, yeah, that was a job that a lot of people wanted. And, uh, you know, he came in there and he had a really good interview and he did a really good job last year in his first year with the Raiders and, uh, you know, has uh, been able to sustain the program. I mean, they lost Matt Williams in the offseason. He was a senior, one of the best players in the North. Uh, and for them to not take a huge step back is a really, really big deal. Now we'll see if they can finish the regular season uh, strong because, like as I mentioned, I mean, it's just a, it's a difficult end to the to the regular season and uh, you know if they lose their last couple of games they're going to be going four and four into the playoffs with a couple of losses so I think uh, you know Spanish Springs at the end of the season big rivalry game that is a big one that's going to be a hard one to win but I think going into this game against Reno uh, they're more than capable of coming out with a win against the Huskies. Yeah Keegan Bozier's team has been led by some really good guard play as well I mean they've won six of their last eight Trey Stevens averaging 17 and a half points per game he's a six foot one guard Rich Peterson averaging 11 points per game he's a 5'11 guard and then yeah not to look forward because this should be a good game but that last game of the year uh, at Spanish Springs it, like you said rivalry game and Springs is playing really really well right now so a lot of a lot of shifting could still happen in the last week week and a half here of the uh, basketball season in the four A's looking at the three A's um, Elko's got a, a tough game tonight because Elko's banged up a little bit, mm -hmm. and uh, they've got Lowry at home tonight. But Elko 19 and two overall, Lowry 13 and six. Let's take a run. Look at the rundown. What's going to be going on tonight on Hometown Hoots? It's going to be on our sister station News Four tonight at 11. High school boys and girls basketball. It's going to be Carson at Damani Ranch. Wooster is at Galena. Spanish Springs will go to Hug. Bishop Minogue is at Douglas, and of course our Friday night rivals game of the week. Reno will be taking on Reed. Always a lot of fun. And of course, Friday Night Rivals continues throughout the year. It's 52 straight weeks. Just because we get to the end of basketball season doesn't mean it ends. We get into baseball and softball and all kinds of other sports as well. Coming up next here, though, on NSN Daily, it's a great cause. And uh, here's how you can support it. Nevada Military Support Alliance with one of their great events that's going to be this weekend. We'll have the guys here on set next. Welcome back into NSN Daily, packed house, and uh, why not? Because uh, we love supporting the Nevada Military Support Alliance and uh, anybody that helps that cause. And uh, yeah, we'll go down the line. Tom Paris with Rayleigh Supermarket up on uh, Rob Drive. Alex Woodley, who's the treasurer and a board member of the Nevada Military Support Alliance. And Eric Verinder, who's back once again. And uh, also a big supporter and event organizer. And uh, you got a big one coming up on Saturday up at Rayleigh's. I do. So this, this Saturday I have a big event from 3 to 6 at Rayleigh's Rob Drive. Um, that is going to be at 1630 Rob Drive. We're going to do it right inside the store. Um, I'll have live music with Rich Malone from Blue Haven Band. I'll probably play a little guitar as usual too. Um, we're going to have a silent auction. We're going to do, I uh, want to thank Gallo Winery for donating high noon cocktails. We're going to do those. They're spritzers. And then I wanted to thank Bogle Winery for doing all the wine. So we're going to have all kinds of wine. Um, like I said, we're going to have a silent auction, live music. Uh, should be a great time. It's only $20 at the door, and it's going to be from 3 to 6 at Rayleigh's Rob Drive this Saturday, February 8th. Alex, tell me, where directly is this money going? Somebody walks in and goes, Nevada Military Support Alliance. If you're not going to be able to support that, I mean, there's probably something wrong with you. But what does the money directly go toward? Uh, yeah, so, well, first I want to thank Eric for um, being such a great supporter of ours and helping so much and raising funds. And the, the money, all funds that comes into Nevada Military Support Alliance goes directly back to Nevada families mm -hmm. of veterans, the veterans themselves and their families. Um, as we all know, veterans, they give some, and unfortunately, even in the state of Nevada, some give all. And so one of our uh, main uh, roles is to provide support, whether it's financially, 
whether it's um, assisting them through social uh, programs or connecting them with uh, different agencies and entities. Um, one of the great things we did, um, obviously here locally, was um, um, the Veterans Guest House. Mm -hmm. you know, that was a big project for us. Uh, and this year we have some big projects out there that we uh, want to move forward and, and get done for our veterans and their families. And we, we really thank everyone out there that supports us and we thank Eric very much and Rayleigh's as well for supporting us so much. Now Tom, tell me about when Rayleigh's, when you were approached, what was Rayleigh's reaction? I would imagine it was, hey, how can we help? Well, I've done a couple of these with Eric, uh, mostly up at the Incline Village Rayleigh's. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we decided to try to bring it down in town and see if we get some different exposure. And um, it's always been a, a successful event, even up in Incline. And Rayleigh's is always looking for opportunities to give back to the community. What is the technically next for Nevada Military Support Alliance? I always ask you guys this question because you're always progressing. You're always trying to look toward the future and how can you get better at supporting our veterans. Alex, what do you think is next down the line? And how can people get involved if they want to help? Yeah, well, we have a website, uh, nvmilitarysupport.org. So uh, we appreciate and we uh, uh, look forward to any donations or any support that they can provide. We actually have an upcoming uh, gala um, um, weekend of uh, President's Day weekend mm -hmm. on uh, February, February 15th. Yes, February 15th at the Pepper Mill at 530. Yeah. So, um, Right now, uh, what we're looking at is uh, supporting. We have some veterans that unfortunately um, uh, are handicapped. So we are looking at trying to uh, assist them with their homes. And that's uh, some of the plans that we have this year. Sometimes it can be something as much as just uh, remodeling the home, the, an existing home, to be ADA accessible, to help them with, I mean, sometimes you don't even think about it, but someone in a wheelchair using a microwave, you right. know, that can be a challenge. Level of sure. a counter, so exactly. you're trying to wash dishes yeah. or something that's yeah. simple that we take for granted every day. Right. Exactly, exactly. And up to, on occasions, there's been situations where we've actually assisted in actual uh, uh, development or construction of a home mm -hmm. for uh, for those types of veterans. Now, Eric, tell me, tell me about the Benz fundraiser you just had. So I wanted to just say, last time I was here on TV, um, we talked about a Benz fundraiser in November. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for everyone that came to that. It bends on Lakeside Drive, 3480 Lakeside Drive. We did that in November. I uh, raised $2,800, went straight to the Nevada Military Alliance. That's, that's the great thing about doing these benefits and being able to be involved in it is if you can make sure the money goes all the way straight to the vets. There's mm -hmm. no middleman. It's, it's a great thing. Um, I wanted to also say about Ben's Liquors, after this uh, fundraiser, they decided to start giving the vets a little... Uh, discount there so on Thursdays now at Ben's Liquors all the chain all the stores on non-sale items you can get 10% off if you show your military ID I don't care if you're active non-active just show the ID you get 10% off on Thursdays non-sale items this doesn't surprise any of the three of you does it that that people in this community step up and I always crow from the mountaintop that when something bad happens in our community it's unfortunate it does but people come out and they support it. Doesn't really surprise you guys, does it? You yeah, work in our no. community every single day, Alex. Yes, I do. I do. And we have. I love Nevada overall. Just the state of Nevada is so pro-military. I really appreciate it. As a Marine, no such thing as a former, but as a Marine, I appreciate how. That's much where you support. got that haircut. I thought I was wondering. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I've known that. I've known yeah. that. Yeah. But in our community too, to have a company like Rayleigh's, which you know has Northern California roots, but it has spread into Northern, northern Nevada and into the Silver State, um, we appreciate it really, really, Tom. And, and thanks for thanks for bringing it down the hill. This should yeah. be fun. Yes, thank you. So, one more thing on Rayleigh's, yeah. uh, Brian, is uh, the Rayleigh's at uh, Lake Tahoe. Mike Venn is now retired, but we're going to do more benefits uh, up there. But we raised over twelve thousand five hundred dollars in that store over a five-year period. 
That's incredible. All right, going to be live music. There'll be food, yeah. uh, some beverages you can partake in on Saturday. This is going to be at the Rayleigh's on Rob Drive. It's right uh, next to the Bullies. It's in that in that uh, shopping exactly. center up there. Yep. If you want to check it out, that's where the Wolfpack Radio Coaches Show is. Yeah. So if you're going to support that, support this. Nevada Military Support Alliance at 3 o'clock. Come by, check out. It's only 20 bucks, and you can hear Eric play the guitar. I'll even give yeah. some free gifts. I bought free gifts. Pay for your ticket, and I'm sure I can get you. There you go. Get, get some swag at the same time. Yep, get yeah. some swag. Come by. We're going to have much more coming up here on NSN Daily right after this. Welcome back into NSN Daily here on your Friday, brought to you by the Dolan Auto Group. Uh, like I said, it is Friday, and that means our Dollar Loan Center money play of the week, and I've got two for okay. you this time, Chris. Let's, first one is actually a play. Uh, sometimes we get away from it a little bit. <laughs> this one, uh, let's go down to Los Angeles. Halftime, Clippers game, bank shot. Thank you very nice. <laughs> yeah, half-court shot worth $10,000, and the celebration is worth it all. I don't think he called bank there, Chris. Nah, he still gets the 10 grand. Oh, you still get the 10 Gs? I'll give it to him. It's actually probably harder to bank it in than not because of the velocity going. So congratulations to that guy. The Clippers could probably give a little bit more than 10,000, though. Come uh, on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's... Nevada was giving away scholarships, free tuition. Like, that's yeah. way more than $10,000 on oh. an NBA team. I love um, the celebration. Would this be your <laughs> celebration? What, what would you Probably not, because I mean, if you, you land that wrong, and you're going to scrape up your face. Yeah, so yeah, no. you're, you're using the ten grand to pay for dental work. Yeah, I'd probably just run around. I love the on cheerleaders, the, mascot, maybe. the cheerleaders, and, and the hype guys, <laughs> loving it. So uh, yeah, half court shot worth ten thousand dollars. Our dollar loans that are money play one more time, and yeah. Knocks it home for ten grand. Doesn't even want to talk to the gal that's got the microphone. No. She, she's trying to interview him, and he goes running away from her. But uh, get out of here. Yeah, but um, a better play. I think is in going on in Mississippi, where a World War II veteran named Louise Hogan celebrated her 100th birthday this week. They all gathered, a whole family, and you see the poor gal. If you're watching on TV, because this is a radio show as well, somebody somebody help her out and say you're not going to be able to blow out the sparkler, Grandma. But uh, 100 years old, she's one of 11 children, grew up in a family farm in Tennessee during the Great Depression, later worked as a decoder for naval intelligence during World War II. Now, she's, they tell us that she's known for having a fearless nature. She actually decided to stay in Gulfport when Hurricane Katrina came through the city in 2005. She's got four wow. kids, nine grandchildren, 14 great-grandchildren. She says her biggest accomplishment in her life is, of course, her family. She says the secret to a happy life, Chris, is do the right things. There you go. Why'd they get her a sparkler though? That's a, that's hard. That's hard to blow out. Yeah, I mean, and on, it eventually just goes out. <laughs> but you can see she's kind of sitting back on. Really? Uh, lives a, a great life. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure a ton of memories along the way. A veteran, so should be uh, you know thankful for our gratitude toward her. Absolutely. Do you want to live to your 100, or is that too no. many years? No, no you want to go I up before so. then. The stress I have with this job, I'm lucky to be where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we always joke, and nothing against Louise because she's beautiful, uh, but we always joke in our department that one of us is going to have a stroke attack because yeah. of the length of our days and yeah, the, sure. the level of our blood, uh, blood pressure sometimes. But um, any World War II vets in your family? Uh, uh, no World War II vets, but actually I did do a story a couple of years ago on a Wolfpack fan, Nina DeVore. She's mm -hmm. 102 at the time, who served in World War II. She goes to every single Wolfpack game. I love that. Uh, yeah, I know exactly where she sits, and I check her out before games. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she it was just fun talking to her mm -hmm. and, you know, getting to hear her story and how much she actually loves coming to the basketball games. Obviously, when you get older, you can't be quite as active as you used to be. Right. So to be able to come watch the team, uh, Cody Martin was always her favorite player because she was a twin. Mm -hmm. uh, so she would get there early and watch him warm up. So I'm sure she's thrilled that he's having such success with the Hornets playing at the NBA level. So uh, 
you know, it, it's just fun to talk to people who have gone through so many more experiences, gone through things like, you know, the Great Depression. I mean, that feels like it's so long ago. Right, right. But, you know, we have people on the earth who had to live through that, who had to live through literally world wars, which yeah. thankfully we haven't had in a long, long time. So, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's always fun when you get to chat up those people and, and kind of see their appreciation for, you know, uh, everything they've experienced in their lives. I have to get her on the show. I know. I'll, I'll put in some calls. That'd we'll be see. great. I'd love to have her on the show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my grandfather um, on my dad's side was career army, World War II, and uh, Korea, and uh, some of the stories he would tell were just absolutely amazing. And, and you kind of realize, wow, we get a pretty darn good. And mm -hmm. um, um, spent a lot of time in France. And my dad actually kind of grew up you know, partially in mm -hmm. France before you know they moved back to the states. And he was career, and uh, you know, dad was Vietnam, so it's big in my family. And grandfather on my mother's side was a naval contractor. So, so yeah, it's a big deal in our household too. And uh, uh, it's a generation we're losing, unfortunately, every single day. And when you when we talk, start talking about this, all I can think of sometimes is Honor Flight Nevada, being able to go on that trip and go back to uh, go back to Washington D.C. with these World War II vets, Korea, Vietnam. Depending on health, they mm -hmm. will bring some of Vietnam and Korean vets. And when they see their 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 monuments, and you go to that World War II memorial, it still gives me chills. Um, the Korean one where you see the soldiers coming out of the trees and of course the Vietnam Wall and then the three soldiers standing facing the wall. It's really incredible and it's, uh, it's, it's something that, you know, if you've got a vet in your family, I know you thank them. I know you do already. But if you meet somebody, um, buy them breakfast, do something like yeah. that. I, actually, I did that, and not to toot a horn or anything, but um, we were at IHOP, I don't know, a year ago or something like that. And this couple are sitting in the corner and they're just politely eating their breakfast and they're in a shirt and tie and you can tell they just came from church. And I mean, I'm, I'm looking like a slouch in a, like a polo shirt or something with, with, with Jen. And, and I, I asked the waitress, I said, let me buy their breakfast. And we just walked out and that's it. Just because he's wearing a World War yeah. II veteran hat. But uh, yeah, um, congratulations, Louise Hogan. They're in Mississippi, 100 mm. years young. But uh, coming up next year on NSN Daily, three keys and a prediction from Chris. Okay. But first, Boise State. <laughs> is Boise State in just that weird relationship with the Mountain West? Is that, I don't know. We're going to talk about uh, the lawsuits at, that is no longer anymore. So that's going to be coming up next. Plenty of stuff to kick around here in our final segment, but uh, first, something you just found on Cody yeah. Martin. Yeah, he uh, underwent a successful procedure to address a nasal fracture today. Uh, also in the concussion protocol, and will be out for tomorrow's game against the Mavericks. Hopefully nothing too long-term, yeah. but clearly took a blow to the face and took a concussion and a, and a break in the nose. So <laughs> not ideal, but those no. Martin twins are tough, so I'm sure he'll get through it and get back on the court. I mean, he was playing really, really good ball, but you never want anything like this. You know, he's going to be out of the rotation for a game. We'll right. get right back into it. Um, but, you know, it's a long season, so I'm sure I'm sure he'll be back. Anytime you're soon. off the court, somebody <laughs> else gets a chance. To take your job. And they're trying to take your job. That's what it is. I yeah. mean, that's, that's exactly what happens. So, I mean, yeah, I would hope that Cody, yeah, Cody's a tough guy. And, mm -hmm. But, and yeah, somebody mm -hmm. tells me that basketball is not a contact sport, mm -hmm. get down low in the paint and, and go at it and watch, watch what those guys do. Um, yeah, he had just gotten, a, gotten into a starting role with, with the Hornets. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he's going to be, be all right. Uh, let's get to Boise State, uh, the Broncos. Um, Continue kind of a, I don't want to say it's tumultuous, tumultuous uh, relationship with the Mountain West Conference, but they hold a lot of cards. Yeah, they do. So uh, Mark Ziegler of the San Diego Union Tribune reported late last night that uh, Boise State has agreed to drop their lawsuit against the Mountain West, and the Mountain West has agreed 
to continue to give Boise State the extra carve out that they get every year. So an additional $1.8 million of the annual TV deal uh, moving forward. Now that was already guaranteed through this newest deal, which runs through 2026. But Craig Thompson, the commissioner of the Mountain West, had said that after 2026, Boise State's home games would not be sold separately and they would not get that additional revenue. So uh, just kind of a sad state of affairs for me because mm -hmm. the Mountain West just went out and they signed a new television deal that's going to pay their schools almost four times as much money, going from about $1.1 million to about $3.9 million. And all of the talk about it wasn't about how great of a deal it was and how much more money these schools are getting. It was about the fact that Boise State was going to sue them over it because of uh, maybe future repercussions. So, uh, you know, it's just a tough situation. The Mountain West Board of Directors made a huge mistake that when Boise State agreed to come back into the league rather than leave for the Big East in 2012, uh, that they would give Boise State this concession, that mm -hmm. their home football games would be sold separately and they would get the revenue from those games. So you're giving the school almost an extra $2 million a year over everyone in their competition bracket in the Mountain West. And yeah, that deal, nobody's happy about it, but the Mountain West Board of Directors signed the contract. They gave the deal to Boise State and there was no end date on the deal. So I don't know why they thought that they could get out of it because the board of directors were the ones who voted in December uh, to nullify that moving forward past the 2026 deal. So uh, yeah, it's not it's not the best relationship, but I do think it's uh, an outcome that everybody kind of should have expected, yeah. just retaining the status quo and an outcome that's good because I don't think Boise State's gonna be sniffing around with the AAC or anything like that moving forward. Uh, and Boise State's not getting any further larger cut of the increase in the deal that's coming uh, starting next year. So uh, yeah, hopefully the fences can be mended because Boise State obviously has a, a superior and a very good football program, whether they're worth an extra $2 million a year to the conference, who knows, but that was the deal that the Mountain West agreed upon in the first place. I would be curious to be a fly on the wall behind, the, behind closed doors for that conversation between the Mountain West and Boise State. Um, how do you think that went? How do you think it, it was proposed yeah. on both sides? Well, I know that everybody in the Mountain West, Mountain West hates the deal. Like you talk to these athletic directors, these coaches off the record, and they don't think Boise State should be getting an extra $1.8 million. But that's the deal that was signed. So uh, I'm sure it is a very tense situation because the board of directors can vote whatever they want, and they could vote, and they could be very straightforward that, yeah, we don't want you to have this deal anymore. If you want to take us to court, take us to court. Mm -hmm. I think cooler heads did prevail. Uh, in Mark's story, he said that San Diego State's president uh, voted uh, not to rescind that, to be able to push forward and say, no, you're not getting this deal anymore. I don't know how Nevada voted. Uh, you know, Doug Knuth probably doesn't like the deal himself, yeah. but, uh, you know, do you want to potentially break up a conference or lose a key member over $1.8 million a year on a media rights deal that uh, is $240 million over the length of it? I don't think you want to. Yeah. Um, but it is a huge advantage for them. Imagine if you got $2 million more than every other school you're competing against, what you can do with that extra $2 million. You can go out uh, and give a head coach an extra million dollars and you know be able to retain some of your better coaches. Uh, you know, it's a gigantic, gigantic advantage that they have. Um, and it's just weird to me because you don't see USC, which is you know a marquee team in the Pac-12, asking for more money. You don't mm -hmm. see Texas doing it. You don't see Alabama doing it in the SEC. Yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of uh, un-American to think you, everybody just spreads the money equally. But Nevada has earned most of the, Nevada and San Diego State has earned most of the NCAA tournament credits, which are very, very valuable things in basketball. They're not getting a large percentage of those credits, even though they went out there and actually earned it on the field. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to take that $1.8 million and whoever wins the Mountain West Football Championship 
gets a portion of it. Whoever yeah. wins the Mountain West Basketball Championship gets a portion of it. Then you're actually earning that Make money. them earn yeah, it. Make yes. it. make them earn it. So uh, I'm sure the, the talks are not, uh, you know, they're probably collegial. I mean, all these people probably get along. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure a lot of people in the Mountain West did not like uh, that the Mountain West retreated on this. And it is a vote of the board of directors, so your presidents, your chancellors. It's not a vote, uh, you know, of Craig Thompson, the commissioner, saying this is what we're going to do. He definitely puts the power into the hands uh, of those people, of each of the individual schools, and the individual schools obviously decided that this wasn't a battle worth continuing to fight because it was bringing so much negative publicity and it was a situation where maybe you do push Boise State out, and then mm -hmm. what do you have? Uh, your TV deal is clearly not going to be as valuable. You're going to have to renegotiate it if you lose the Broncos. The burn I hear from fans is preferential treatment, mm -hmm. and that's, that's what I hear. It's a, fans will come to you and go, well, you don't hear Clemson going to the ACC saying we want more money. You don't hear Alabama doing You don't hear Gonzaga in basketball doing this. You don't hear whatever. And yeah, okay, right? I understand that. But Boise State belongs in the Mountain West Conference. This is a team that should stay here. It's a program across the boards that should stay here. They've just finally got got into the 50s and got a baseball team. I mean, yeah. I love the fact that Boise State's going to be able to compete in baseball as well because there's so many great natural rivalries in the Mountain West Conference. Fresno State, Boise State, um, Nevada, UNLV, boom, those four I think should be clumped together, together always. Yeah. I mean, you, you can throw San Diego State in there if you want with Fresno, but yeah, I mean, Colorado State and Wyoming, you've got some great rivalries in this in this conference and granted we could start an entire new show talking about why Nevada only has one rivalry trophy in football but we that's for a different day but yeah I, I think it's the right deal it needs to be Boise State but at the same time I agree with you when it comes to next time around when this comes back around again and something has to be discussed again it needs to be earned. Is my it thing. seems like San Diego State is the organization, the university that is the most upset about this. Mm -hmm. And you can see why, because San Diego State, if you look at total championships won since this current membership happened, they are four and away number one. I yeah. think they've won like five times as many championships in all of the sports as Boise State. They've won three football championships uh, since 2012. So they've been very good in that marquee sport. They have the biggest TV market, so in theory they're drawing the biggest eyes. TV markets are a big deal when you're negotiating these deals. They They've clearly been the best basketball program for the last 10 years. They continue to get those NCAA tournament units, which are about $1.8 million per year times six years. So mm -hmm. you're talking about almost $8 million per unit earned. So I think San Diego State looks at it and says, we're good at basketball, we're good at football, we're better than you in all the other sports. We have a larger market. They're about to build a new football stadium. It's going to be a couple hundred million dollars. So maybe they can stay at that top 25 level. Why are you getting an extra $1.8 mm -hmm. million dollars over us? when San Diego State and Boise State had both agreed to move to the Big East and decided to return in 2012 together, Boise State got that extra $1.8 million. San Diego State did not. So I think that's where the majority of the friction comes. And San Diego State is clearly the better athletic department. It doesn't have the better brand in terms of football, which is the most important sport, um, but they have a much better brand in basketball. So I think th that's the interesting uh, kind of butting of heads when you mm -hmm. look at the Mountain West at a macro level. Uh, and I think they probably wanted to dig in and say, let them take us to court. And everybody else is like, you know, we probably, why? Yeah. Is it really worth it? Is it, it? worth the headache? Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, it was a bad contract signed by the Mountain West at the time, and I think a lot of people said that. Um, but the contract is the contract. So mm -hmm. if they go to court, I don't know how the Mountain West wins that in the first yeah. place. I, I don't think they win it. I, that, that's yeah. a, the, you and I have talked about that just off camera, is that I don't think they would win that mm -hmm. lawsuit. If it went to court, it's like, this is what's in the paperwork. <laughs> what's the problem? But, uh, yeah, maybe a knee-jerk reaction when this 
document was signed because of the panic of, oh, we're going to lose our marquee football program at the time. But, uh, yeah, the drama and soap opera that is the Mountain West Conference continues on. Uh, let's get back to basketball and three keys in a, in a prediction from Chris. I'm asking you a day early. Usually yeah. you publish it a little bit later That's on. That's all right. But, but we'll, uh, let's go three keys in a prediction. Nevada versus San Jose, San Jose State. Okay, my number one key is just don't play to the level of competition, right? Okay. So Nevada is clearly better than San Jose State. They played to the level of San Jose State in the first game. They played to the level of Wyoming. Both times they played Air Force, which is a lower level team. They've played to their own standards. So mm -hmm. I think that's important is uh, not to get sucked into, you know, just trading blows and being even. Uh, number two, allow only single digit made threes. Uh, San Jose State, uh, like halfway through the season, they just decided we're going to shoot a three like every other time down the court. Just they're averaging almost 33s per game in the last 10 games. I mean, some games they're shooting 34, 35, 36 Jeez. threes. Uh, so you need to defend that three-point line because if San Jose State comes out and hits 13, 14 threes, they're going to stay in this game. Three-point defense has been a trademark in Nevada all season. They've been exceptional at it. Um, they actually did a pretty good job in the first game against San Jose State. So just three-point defense because San Jose State is trying to derive so many of their points from the arc. Uh, and then the last one, be plus 10 on the glass. San Jose State's a very bad rebounding team, minus three per game this season, 302nd in the nation. But in the first game, they actually out-rebounded Nevada 41 to 38. Uh, Nevada should be able to dominate the glass in this game. They were plus 20 on the boards against Air Force. Uh, you know, so I've kind of put it uh, plus 10 on the backboard. Whenever you have a double-digit advantage on the backboard, that means you're not giving up any second uh, chance opportunities and you're getting a few of those yourself. So uh, those are the keys. But again, if, if Nevada just plays well, if they play a B game, they should blow out San Jose State. Right, They're right. a much better team, uh, and they've been really, really good at the home. At home, I mean, they they have been blowing out pretty good competition: New Mexico, UNLV, uh, Boise State, all of those by 15 plus points. And then, uh, you know, this latest game against Air Force, they were tremendous. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think they will bring their best effort, um, but they have to go out and do it. Three keys and a prediction, um, always by Chris Murray and uh, Jazz Johnson. Um, I, if I'm Coach Alford, I, I sit him. I, yeah. You rest him as long as, long as you can. That's going to be a, a tip-off at 4 o'clock on Saturday against San Jose State at Lawler Event Center if you want to check things out. Uh, Weekend plans? Are you going to go to Arena Cross tonight? I don't know. It's over at uh, the Reno, Live yeah. Reno uh, Sparks uh, Livestock Event Center. Uh, I did see that on the morning news. I was watching Tony uh, Pham the was over there. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was also at the Discovery Museum. He's Seems like he was. Man. He was up in the cloud. Uh, I've never climbed the cloud myself. I've not. I'm not sure if I'll go to Arena Cross. I am going to take the family to the San Jose State game, so cool. that should be fun. We'll see if we can make it uh, the whole game. If the kids can hang in there through the whole game. Um, but that, those are the only plans on the docket right now. It seems like Saturday is going to be really nice. Sunday not quite so nice. So yeah. we'll see. You you got anything popping up? This you know weekend? what? I want to watch the uh, I want to watch the XFL game on uh, uh, yeah, yeah. on Saturday. And the thing is, is that they changed the scheduling on us. So I want to make sure uh, we we get you guys straightened out. It's going to be the Los Angeles Wildcats against the Houston Roughnecks. That's going to be at uh, two o'clock on our sister station Fox 11. We thought it was going to be the Tampa Bay game at 11 a.m. Now we've got college basketball on on Fox at 11 a.m. But uh, LA Wildcats at Houston Roughnecks. If you're watching that game. Look James for James Butler. James Butler, James Butler a former Nevada running back who was uh, playing for the Houston Roughnecks. And it's, it was ironic to me. Uh, who did Houston cut and then sign? But they cut Akram Wadley, who was the running back at Iowa, who started oh, over James, and they signed James Butler. Yeah. So, Kalen uh, Burnett, also a former Nevada player, played in the NFL in a number of leagues, is on the Houston team. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of former Nevada assistants, obviously Jonathan Heimbach, who you guys spoke with yesterday, and uh, Clayton Lopez, former Nevada player, yep. defensive coordinator of the Seattle team, and then Hal Mummy, Matt Mummy, offensive coordinator of Nevada's dad, 
uh, is the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Renegades. Yep. So just great to see these guys get opportunities. I think people will watch the first couple of weeks is can they sustain it week after week for the entire 10-game season will be the big question. Exactly. I want to thank the guys from the Nevada Military Support Alliance for coming on the show, telling us about their, uh, their fundraiser event that's going to be this afternoon at the Raley's up on Rob Drive. It's only 20 bucks. Uh, food, fine food, beverages, live music, and you're supporting veterans right here in the state of Nevada. For Brian Culpa in the booth, Chris Murray right here. I'm Brian Samudio. Thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend.